You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 35, airing on April 30th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to learn effective coaching skills so they can engage and develop followers. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, Improving your coaching skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, you don't have to be a trainer to know how to hire one. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. If you're joining us for the first time, I am so pleased to welcome you to this episode. We are in the midst of our series on training, how to train people that you lead. And my name is Dave Stahoviak. I'm your host and coming to you from our studio out in Orange County, California. And as I was thinking about today's episode and our guest today, I thought back to a book that I read When I was back in college at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where I had the great blessing to go to school, and the uh, when I was, uh, I guess it was probably my junior or senior year at college, I was very fortunate at the time to uh, be working for someone on that campus who just was a tremendous leader and mentor to me. And I was uh, struggling with a lot of things around time management and balancing things and trying to figure out what my career was going to be. And that that person, that leader, put me in touch with a personal coach. And I had never heard of coaching. And that was kind of when coaching was just sort of a new thing. And the, the coaching industry, at least, was a new thing. And I started working with a coach when I was a junior or senior in college for about, I think it was about six months or a year. And uh, boy, that coach was just tremendously helpful to me in providing perspective for me that I didn't have before. And she, one of the books she recommended when I was working with her was a book called Soar With Your Strengths. And I'm sure that uh, I'll track it down and put the link here on the show notes. Uh, but the book was essentially about re- really what the title is, is you know, find the thing that you or thing or things you do well in the world and you most enjoy and have the greatest passion for and love to do and do effectively. And whatever that is, to spend a lot, if not almost all of your time doing those things and the things that you're not so good at, uh, to partner with other people and other organizations that are good at those things and to delegate, to uh, have them do those things. And that's exactly the reason why I don't iron my own shirts (laughs) because, you know, I could, I could spend a lot of time each week ironing my own shirts and I would, uh, I would do an okay job, but for a dollar twenty-five that it takes to go to the uh, cleaners, that's just uh, almost within walking distance of our house for a shirt. You know, it's just such a better use of my time and resources to have them do it. And you know, a lot of things in life are like that. If you can find the things you do well and focus your time there, uh, the benefits you get are just tremendous. And then you can really afford to have the time and the resources to. Delegate the things out to other people that they do best. And I mention that today because as leaders, we can't know everything. We can't have all the resources and all the skills to develop our people. And there are times when it not only makes sense, but it is the right decision to have someone from outside the organization to come in and to work with us and advise us, and in some cases, actually train either us 
or our staff or, the, or the, perhaps the entire organization. And many of you know that I've done a lot of work over the years with the Dale Carnegie Training Organization, and probably my dearest friend and mentor to me at Dale Carnegie has been Mr. Aaron Kent. And Aaron is someone who has uh, just very highly respected in the Dale Carnegie world and highly respected in the training industry, especially here in Southern California. And I have lost count on the number of business meetings and training, uh, you know, and planning conversations that Aaron and I have been a part of over the years. And he just brings a tremendous amount of credibility and care to people and to the business that he does. And so um, he's also seen a lot of things with uh, his years in the business of being able to train and lead others. And so there's no better person for us to be talking to today on uh, how you don't have to be a trainer to know how to hire one, but you should know a couple of key things if you are going to reach out to someone else in the business world to help train your people. And so here is my interview uh, that I recorded earlier this week with Aaron Kent. All right, I am here with Aaron Kent. Aaron is the president and CEO of Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles, which is the largest Dale Carnegie operation in uh, California. And in addition to being uh, someone who I have a tremendous amount of respect for as a business person, and uh, a mentor and has just been a tremendous mentor to me throughout my career. Uh, Aaron's also a dear friend of ours. And so I am so excited to welcome Aaron here today. And Aaron, thank you so much for joining us here in studio. Thank you very much, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Likewise. Well, we are going to do some uh, talking today on uh, why you don't have to be a trainer to know how to hire one. And, uh, you know, I think this is something that pretty much all of us as leaders have done at one point or another. I know that I have. I know you have many times before too, Aaron, have thought of, you know, hey, we need someone that maybe has some expertise outside of what we offer within our organization when we're trying to educate people and get them to do something differently. And uh, I don't think there's anyone I know that has more expertise in doing this than Aaron. So I thought uh, we'd bring him in here today to get some uh, perspective from him. And I'm wondering, uh, first of all, Aaron, what are some common misconceptions that leaders have about training companies? Sure. Um, there's a couple that seem to be pretty consistent out there. Um, thinking of one of our uh, very good clients, it's a well-known uh, fast food chain here in the Southern Los Angeles area and actually throughout uh, the Western US. Their tendency is to believe initially that people that should go to training in their company are those that are either entry level or people that are, for lack of a better way to say it, and not trying to sound um, blunt about it, but people that need fixing, you know, people mm. that are problem in nature. And the reality is, um, as they have found, and most of our clients find, uh, we should really look to a training company for our best, in addition to those on our team that need the most help at the very same time. So that's one very common misconception uh, that I've seen consistently over the years. Another one is really to confuse the results one would expect from an educational experience uh, and see that as the same as one would expect from a training experience. In reality, we're really trying to accomplish two different things. Uh, education's a great thing, uh, whether that's you know secondary, post-secondary, master's degree, you know, as far as you would want to go with that, but your intent there is really learning, and learning is a great thing. On the other hand, in a training environment, our intent is to learn, but it's also actually to change behavior and change results. So I've seen Fortune 500 companies that we work with actually have low expectations of the real value they're going to gain when uh, hiring a training company, and that's 
uh, one of the best things we're able to do is help them see that now this is much different than having your employees learn something new. This is really changing the way that they do their work and making it more successful and more effective. And probably the last one I would see is the tendency for companies to perceive that training needs to be by someone within their own industry. Meaning if we're going to improve someone's performance, we have to have a guru that came from our own industry. Um, The reality is that actually can create some biases sometimes, uh, even for the trainer themselves. So uh, a recommendation we make is really to think broadly and not just be narrowed into the own industry we're in. Actually look outside of that because that's where some of the best perspective may lie because hmm. it's a different perspective than your own. Oh, interesting. How would a leader know it's the right time to consider bringing in an outside resource like Dale Carnegie? Sure. Usually one of two things is going to be happening. Either at an employee level, you're looking for a shift in employee performance, meaning they're doing something a certain way. I want them to do it a different way. That could be one person, that could be everyone in the organization or somewhere in between. That's typically one instance where you want to really consider bringing in somebody from the outside. We need our Mm -hmm. folks to do this or that in a different way than they do now. The alternative to that would be an organization that on a broader scale says, we want this place to be different. It's this way now. We need it to be this way. We'd call that in in our own terms, a culture shift. Mm -hmm. Typically a company that's either needing or desiring a culture shift in or an employee performance shift, that, that's when uh, you'd give Dale Carnegie a call. And that is really a different, to go back to your point earlier on just education or learning a new, uh, learning some new knowledge, changing the culture of an organization is really a totally different conversation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not to say a culture in and of itself as it exists is a bad thing, but the reality is our companies, our organizations, our small teams, what have you, they all develop a culture in their own right, whether we mean for it to intentionally or not. And so oftentimes, some of the best work we do with our clients is when they realize they can intentionally have exactly what they want in an organization from a cultural perspective. Right. Interesting. So what should a leader do to prepare for a first meeting with a company like Dale Carnegie? And and how does how does Dale Carnegie approach that? When you walk into an organization and you're meeting someone for the first time, what do you, what's, what's behind your mind, Aaron, and behind your staff's mind? You bet. Uh, really, what we're hoping to do is collaborate and have a conversation with that organization on the context of what are the real strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, good old SWOT analysis hmm. of that organization as it exists today and as they want it to exist in the future. And again, I don't mean that at just the CEO, you know, CEO owner level. That's all the way down to the direct, you know, frontline supervisor level. At you know, at some degree, when we're going to partner with any contact inside of a client organization, we want to help you do that analysis on where you are now and where you'd like to be. So that's probably the best preparation one could do is to consider that before we meet, and then expect to have a dialogue around that when we do actually get together. Hmm. And, and I know. You and I have been in many of these meetings over the years, and 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 thankfully many of them together, partnering on uh, projects. Sure. And I I am I don't know about you, but I'm I'm amazed how often leaders haven't thought that through. An organization just hasn't. You know, they've called someone for whatever reason, but they just haven't yet really thought through what what the the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and what it is that they want to achieve. You bet. It really is kind of comical and. I've often wondered why is that? And I I think the reality is oftentimes we're just starting to look at a symptom. They're seeing a symptom of something, but they haven't really had a conversation that get to the root cause. And, you know, fortunately, I think that's some of the greatest value we provide is we get them to ask the questions 
that in their blind spot, they just haven't asked themselves. But yeah, to your point, I mean, that happens so often that uh, now I kind of expect it. <laughs> I, I do too. When I walk in organizations, I am, uh, I, I'm pleasantly surprised when I see someone that has a action plan that has been planned out and thought through but it, it, I am surprised yes. <laughs> because I don't see that so, so rarely. Uh, more often, it's something like we have a day and here's what we think we may want to do. Um, <laughs> right. Here's a few topics that sound good to us. Right. Yeah, it becomes more of a we checked the box. We gave them training this year. They should be you know, satisfied now. The reality is back to that first question. The misperception is they're just going to get something that day. Yeah. Well, the reality is this is an always on type of a thing for an organization that's constantly looking to improve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, not to say there isn't value in sure. that one day experience, but it's just that there's so much more you could do with a day yep. and it doesn't cost you any more with a little bit of, and I mean, maybe it does cost you a little more as far as some planning time and some assessment time, but, but the, the additional investment is minimal and you get so much more out of it from an organizational standpoint. So it's really cool when you see organizations doing that well. Absolutely. Negligible impact to the cost, massive impact to the value. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Even if even if not even if the formal assessment process isn't done, just having dialogue about it internally and with the outside organization is amazing. Yeah, um, you're right. In, in your experience, what do leaders who have great success with training do differently than those who have mediocre success? Yeah, I, this really reminds me of uh, one project that's been one of the most fun I ever worked on in my career. This is going back about six or seven years ago, uh -huh. uh, but we were working with a, an, an organization uh, that provided industrial uh, piping and a variety of products to uh, you know pretty heavy-duty manufacturing and industrial plants. And uh, I was working with the CEO, and we decided we would actually train his entire sales force, which was about 250 people over the course of three weeks. So I became the roadshow, if you will. Oh, wow. And uh, what was so awesome is the CEO, uh, you know, the guy owns a you know, $500 million company. He's in every single session, every second of every session over the course of that month I was on the roadshow. Um, what took it even further is in Dale Carnegie, we like to have recognition and competition in a friendly way. Well, he got more involved in it than some of his people did. I mean, the next thing I knew, this guy was pulling out $100 bills and adding them to the pot in our contest. So oh, uh, nice. my point there is a leader that's willing to get involved and stay involved in a, in a project, if you will, in, a, in an in initiative, that really drives performance shifts in the people because they perceive that leader sees it just as important to him as it is to them or to him or her as it is to them. So that would be the number one thing I see is where success happens is when that leader that hires us is just as involved as his people are. It's, a, it's interesting you mentioned that because we actually talked about that a couple of shows ago about how one of the biggest mistakes that leaders make is they bring in a training organization and they're out of the picture the minute the training starts. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you could see the the rationale is, okay, I made this decision. This is good for my people. Uh -huh. Now I can get back to work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the reality is that that's the worst message to send is it's kind of like saying, you know, this is good for you, but I, I don't really need it. Or um, this is important, but not important enough for me to invest my time here. Right. And, and you know, through no fault of their own, it sends the complete wrong message. What's uh, one thing that leaders don't do when hiring you or Dale Carnegie that you wish they did? Sure. We were uh, and have been working with a professional services firm for the better part of five years. It's a very long-term project contract, if you will. And uh, one of the frustrations there um, for this particular company is 
the person at the top, as bad as they want to see change happen, as much as they talk about the changes they desire, they are actually the resistant to change actually occurring in a lot of cases. Mm. So uh, the the real point there is the the worst thing that can happen, I wish they didn't do this, but they often do, is they can actually not see the change that they want to have and they can get in the way of it occurring, you know, oh, and, and oftentimes they'll even know it and they'll be willing to admit it in quiet moments. Yeah. But in, in the heat of the moment, they will be one of the worst detractors from change occurring. And thankfully, that doesn't happen often. Uh, but that is one of the things I really get disappointed when I see. Is there anything that you've seen that leaders who have been able to make that shift um, when they're working with you, Aaron, over the years that have done well, that kind of get them over that point of, you know, when they realize that something may be with them or, or maybe you realize that you kind of gently are coaching them that way mm-hmm. that they do that kind of gets them over to that point. Sure. Yeah. I think it's oftentimes it has to be a realization of our own. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things a coach can do um, a training company could do a person supporting that leader can do is just be willing to ask them the tough question as mm-hmm. scary as it might feel as uncomfortable as that moment might be. You know, one of the best things you can do for them is help them be honest with themselves and typically when they are, that's when change is actually possible. Hmm. Now, you may have to remind them of that honest moment a few times, yeah, but it can make yeah. all the difference in the world. All right. All right. Cool. Since this show is about engaging and developing others with coaching, I'm curious, who's a leader that's been an effective coach for you? Sure. I've been very fortunate in my career to have many, many great mentors and coaches. But uh, of the recent years, there's a, a person within the Dale Carnegie organization uh, that has been really a coach to me in the process of running our business. Uh, and this individual really has a couple things that I think differentiate her from anyone that's coached me in the past. Number one is her ability to listen with incredible empathy, but also mm. retain all the facts we discussed at the very same time. And uh, what a gift to give to a person you're coaching is to really be able to listen at a completely different level than normal human beings operate at. Yeah. Uh, so that's one real gift she brings to me. In addition to that, she's got great credibility. You know, it's difficult to coach someone if you yourself haven't been there to some degree before. She's been there many more times than I have. Uh, so I'm instinctively willing to listen because of the credibility she has. Mm. And probably the last thing is she holds me accountable and pushes me beyond limits, you know, my own self-imposed limitations. Uh, and that's a lot of strengths, right? But any one of those alone in a coach could be one of the best things that happens to a leader. Like uh, that old quote from, I think, Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, uh, our greatest want is someone who will make us do what we can. That's right. That's absolutely right. You betcha. I think Vince Lombardi said something similar. We have a coach to make us do the things we don't want to do. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But we know that's good for us. Absolutely. I think that's the challenge uh, a lot of times is leaders is there are so many things that are in front of us and so many things on our radar screens that sometimes we really do need someone who's an outside perspective who reminds us of what we sort of know we need to do anyway, but uh, really helps us to provide clarity in that moment too. So You bet. And uh, having a person you respect with credibility makes it so much more easy to accept and, and actually kick yourself at the very same time. So yeah. thank God for coaches, for leaders. <laughs> exactly. How can uh, people get connected with Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles? Sure. I would uh, be more than happy to talk to anyone listening on the call here and, uh, We'll actually give out my uh, my personal cell phone number now. That's 310-780-8478. Honestly, call me directly and uh, we can start a conversation around any way I might be of value. In addition, we have a website, which is www.sola, that's sola, S-O-L-A, 
www.dalecarnegie.com. So sola.dalecarnegie.com. And we have, over the past few years, really developed a uh, solution that's designed for folks that don't just live and work in Southern Los Angeles, folks that actually from time to time visit this area of the country where we actually provide Dale Carnegie programs in a short condensed version with massive impact. That can be one, two or three day seminars when you're visiting the LA area. So please do look at our website, see if we've got something that could be valuable for you as a leader. And just so everyone knows on the the day we're recording this, it is 80 degrees and sunny (laughs) in Southern California. We're uh, what, 10 miles from the beach here. Yes. Uh, Disneyland's a little bit away. So uh, a great vacation destination in addition to helping you with your learning and uh, being more effective. So, uh, you know, you can kind of get everything in the same package. You bet. What better way to let that learning sink in and retain, right, than to be in a nice environment for it. And by the way, that's sunny and 80 degrees. That could be January too. It just happens to be April today. It could be January just as easily. I know, exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, thanks so much for uh, coming in today. I really appreciate it. Anything else you want to leave us with or any advice you'd have for uh, leaders who are listening to this and wanting to just develop and engage people more effectively? Sure. I I think the last thing I would leave everyone with is just uh, realizing that leadership is a skill set and coaching is a skill set is an ongoing process. It's something that you never finish doing. So I commend anyone listening right now because you're actually taking the time uh, to further your understanding and your skill set. So remember that every every time that you take even one minute of investment in your coaching and leadership skills, you're doing the right thing because we're never a finished destination with that skill set. Aaron Kent is the president and CEO of Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles. Aaron, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure. One of the things that I always come back to when I sit down with someone who has the experience like Aaron Kent has is just the importance of leaders leading by example. And uh, you heard Aaron say it, you've heard me say it on the show before, and you've heard other guests speak to it as well, too, of whatever you're doing with people, whether it is you're engaging in helping them to develop, if you're bringing in someone from the outside If you're handling a situation with conflict, the leader needs to be involved in that situation. And I think Aaron just uh, hit the nail on the head there because I've certainly seen this happen many times where the trainer isn't involved or the, the leader rather isn't involved in the training process. And as a result, people just don't take it very seriously. And unfortunately, that really comes back to Uh, be harmful for the leader in the long run and the organization. So such an important thing for as a leader, for you to be invested with your people and engaged with them. And if you can do that, you, uh, you don't guarantee success by any means, but you certainly up your percentage tremendously in your ability to be able to influence people and to help them help the organization, and also help you as a leader too. So I hope you found that conversation with Aaron as uh, as valuable as I did. I know I'm going to keep coming back to m- many of those points too when we're thinking of working with external providers. And I hope that that perspective will be helpful the next time you think about engaging someone. And of course, uh, Dale Carnegie is an organization I have a tremendous respect for, and Aaron is a great person to reach out to. And uh, we are going to be uh, dovetailing next week into... Our next topic, which is going to fit perfectly with what we just talked about today, because I'm going to be pleased to welcome another guest, Janet Riley. And Janet and I are going to be talking about how you can maximize a training experience for your people. So Aaron and I have talked today about 
what you can do when you're having that initial conversation. And once you're having actually people in training, whether that person's internal or external, uh, Jan and I are going to talk about what you'd want to do to maximize that experience. And Janet, uh, I'll tell you about her background next week, but boy, she is just someone who has probably more experience on her feet training people in the business world than I think anybody I know. And I know a lot of folks in the training industry. So uh, she is someone that I know is going to provide us a lot of great information on next week's show. So that's May 7th. And then May 14th is going to be a brand new series. And I'm still putting together the final pieces for that. So I don't have any news for you yet on that, but I will next week uh, during the May 7th show. And uh, this is the point in the show where I'd like to uh, just hop in on any community news and feedback. And of course, there's some great ways to engage with the community of people who listen to this show, who are learning from it, and are having conversations about the topics we talk about, on, not only on the show, but on our website. And the best way to do that is to visit our website, and that is at coachingforleaders.com. And there's a number of resources there. One is all the show notes for the shows are always up there. In addition, there are some articles, there are some uh, quick coach videos, so you can take three or four minutes and get a uh, up to speed on a new skill. So coachingforleaders.com is the best way to engage with us. And you can leave us comments or questions there too. You could also call our feedback hotline. That is at 949-38-LEARN. And email is great too. Our email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. And this week, I just wanted to say a real brief thank you to three of our community members that have reached out to me in the last week, either with comments or questions or feedback, and some of you I'm already uh, actually having some ongoing conversations with on a few things in regards to shows and future topics. So I wanted to just say a quick thank you to Francis, Kirk, and Diego this week for reaching out to me, and I, uh, I we're actually still having some ongoing conversations, so we'll look forward to talking to you more in the coming days and weeks here. And, you know, actually, uh, you know, normally this is the part where I bring in feedback from others, but I actually have a piece of feedback from uh, myself this week, uh, just one final thought. Uh, you know, one of the things that you all know if you've listened to this show for any length of time is that Bonnie and I recently had our first child, our son Luke, who was born on February 2nd. And so he's fast approaching his three month uh, birthday. I don't know if <laughs> birthday is not the right word, but his three months here uh, on May 1st this week. And as those of you who have children know that this is kind of the point in their development where their personality starts to show up. And it's been such fun the last couple of weeks because Luke not only is sleeping through the night, which is great, like eight or nine hours, which is amazing. Um, but one of the really amazing blessings that Bonnie and I have had is that he, for whatever reason, wakes up every morning with this amazing attitude <laughs> about the day. He wakes up and he is smiling and playing and cooing and laughing every morning. That's how we get woken up is we hear uh, laughing and smiling and cooing in the other room. And I have been thinking about that a lot the last few days because that is just so inspiring to me. It's so neat to start the day like that, to have somebody in my life, especially such a little one, who just has it just orients me on my perspective to start today on thankfulness and gratitude and joy. And so I was wondering 
how you are starting your day with people and how you're starting your day with yourself these days. And I hope that you have someone in your life and in your workplace that is someone who is doing that for you right now. And if you don't, my challenge to you this week would be to uh, to do something for yourself or to find someone that will help you start your day in that kind of positive way. Because if you start strong, you will move into the day with wonderful things that will happen and you'll influence people in some amazing ways. And speaking of influence, if this show has been helpful for you, I hope you'll hop on to iTunes if you use iTunes and leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show and it'll help us to reach others. The best way to do that is go to our website, coachingforleaders.com forward slash iTunes. That'll actually take you right to the iTunes page. You can leave us a review there. Thank you in advance if you decide to do that. And by the way, the link to the show notes is on our website for this show, coachingforleaders.com. This is episode number 35, so you can find the notes there. This show airs every Monday. Hey, if your organization is looking to improve the coaching skills of its leaders, drop me a line. We might be able to help. You can reach us at 949-38-LEARN or feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, Take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Take care, everybody.